Welcome peepers, creepers, and other degenerate weirdos. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. I'm joined today by my colleagues in Creep, John and AJ. <laughs> I enjoy colleagues in Creep. That's a good <laughs> intro. Now, I know we didn't give you enough love We give that intro. Uh, good to see you. Well, good to hear you today. Uh, I can't see you. But AJ, how, wh- how and where are you? I'm on the road again, guys. I'm taking our show cross country. The, the shot I saw before, you were sitting in your car, just like it looked like, you know, Australian bush around you. Yeah, ultimate creeper. I'm in a public park. <laughs> yeah. There's old people all around me. Um, well, that's well, that's I'm how it should it be. That's how it should be because we're talking about Crimes of Passion from 1984 on today's show, a Ken Russell movie, and. Uh, I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be uh, a, a big one. So, what um what did you guys just had you are any of you seen this movie before? No, never. No, I hadn't either. Okay, all right. Well, this is going to be it's going to be big. So, but we have covered Ken Russell before. Quick, quick pop quiz. What what was the Ken Russell movie we did before? Lair of the White Worm, my new favorite movie. <laughs> you keep saying that, and I I'm starting to believe you. I think it might actually be a favorite movie. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed uh, Lair of the White Worm. Yeah, so did I. Yes, great. Well, we're going to stick with Ken Russell for for a little bit and, and uh, because he he is about whereabout and um, having a good time, right? <laughs> <laughs> there are no secrets in the dark. There is no act that cannot be committed. In Women in Love, he crossed forbidden boundaries. In altered states, he explored the unknown powers of the mind. Now he explores the most provocative power of all. A woman who lives in two worlds. A man who must lose himself to possess her. They are strangers. They are lovers. They are outlaws. But their crimes are crimes of passion. The star of Body Heat and Romancing the Stone, Kathleen Turner. Anthony Perkins creating an unforgettable role of menacing power. And introducing John Laughlin. Never before have two adults consented to so much. Crimes of Passion, the most talked about movie of the year. Okay, all right, well, I'll I'll tell you what the movie's about. So, Bobby Grady is a middle-class electronics store owner whose finances and marriage are on the rocks. Uh, Bobby's wife uh, seems to have become, as they used to say in more civilized times, frigid. Uh, To make a few extra bucks for his family, Bobby engages in some part-time surveillance work after hours. So a local fashion designer hires him to tail one of his employees, whom he believes is guilty of selling patterns to his competitors. Not that important, but what is important is that this this suspected employee that, that Bobby's meant to tail is a designer called Joanna Crane, played by Kathleen Turner. 
a seemingly straightforward yuppie type with with the shoulder pads and all. Bobby follows her home where she changes outfits and hits the streets almost immediately because by night, Joanna is actually China Blue, an outrageous hooker with blonde bangs and a tight blue satin dress. Okay. Bobby witnesses China with her various clients as she adopts different personas to meet their specific needs. Sexually, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just talking about sexual intercourse and I wanted you to be clear on that. There's no there's no Thank two you. ways about it. Okay, all right. Anyway, one of her more intense clients is the Reverend Peter Shane, played by Anthony Perkins from Psycho. Uh, however, it is not clear whether he wants to bed her or save her or perhaps something else entirely. So Bobby is more than intrigued by China Blue and quickly seeks her out independently. They have a mind-altering night of sex, which creates problems for everyone. Bobby wrestles with his broken marriage. China deals with what might be the beginnings of a non-professional feelings for Bobby. She's in too deep, all right? Meanwhile, the Reverend is driven wild by spying on the inventive copulations of Bobby and China. And it's starting to become apparent that he might be a little, you know, unhinged. Considering he's built a creepy shrine and carries around a sharpened metallic, metallic dildo on his persons at all time. Uh, <laughs> China... China has a range of failed and challenging interactions with clientele that show us that she, uh, you know, that she can't really go back. Bobby's also thinking of leaving his wife, and it's clear she's, you know, she's a fugitive bitch. All right, I said it. Someone's got to, someone had to say it. AJ, I said it. Anyway, the Reverend follows China home to her apartment, uh, uh, bringing the seedy reality and danger of the streets to her life as Joanna. He ties her up, rants and raves, and demands that she use the metallic dildo to kill him. Bobby goes to Joanna's home to tell her that he's finally left his wife and he happens upon the bizarre scene. China Blue, weeping in the dark, he goes to console her and the Reverend leaps out of the dark and drives the dildo into China's back. But it turns out that China and the Reverend have switched clothes, meaning that it was Joanna who killed the Reverend. Okay, shock horror. We end on Bobby at group therapy, telling us that he's left his wife and started a relationship with Joanna. Sex work is real work. (laughs) (laughs) do you think that do you think that ending influenced uh eyes wide shut yes i mean uh, there's too many coincidences like firstly ken russell is the filmmaker's filmmaker so i'm i'm almost 100 percent certain kubrick would love ken russell they're both and they're both you know although kubrick uh, is american he but is essentially an adopted brit so I mean, this ending is the ultimate eyes wide shut ending, or and and actually see the that kind of ending in there will be blood as well with um a similar uh, non sexual line but the same rhythm. Mm, yeah, because in eyes wide shut, line. um, what does he say? Let, uh, who says it? Is it Nicole it's Kidman? Or? Nicole. She says there's something we really need to do. And yeah. Like, What's that? Mm. Fuck. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so it's similar here where he says we fucked our brains out and then cut to credits, yeah. Mm. Yes, well, let's go macro. So, come on, first impressions. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a, a wild ride. Um, it it uh, it definitely pushes the boundaries of the rating system. And I was a bit confused as to what version we were actually watching because I believe there is an X-rated version Well, this would be out there. probably the unrated version. The unrated version. Mm. I imagine. So, so, so for our listeners, this, basically, this movie came out theatrically, and it was sort of butchered. It had it had a range of scenes cut out, and on on the DVD, uh, it, it, there's these scenes have been restored, 
and now I think it's an unrated version and, and so all the, the massively racy stuff has been put back. I, I quite liked uh, Anthony Perkins in this. Uh, I, he gets, and we'll get into reviews later, he doesn't get a very, very favourable review from some. They think he's uh, overacting, but I don't know. I thought he was good for, for this film because this film is supposed to be pretty outrageous, mm. you know. So before before we talk about that, should we mention the fact that you know you sound like you've got um, the C word, uh, you know, cancer, the the Rona. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, COVID. you, you, you can't COVID? you can't get COVID if you don't test. That's that's what I've heard. That's my I've heard, So I don't I don't have it. I can never get it. Isn't the rule <laughs> if you don't get tested, do you have COVID? Isn't that that's right? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you're out there stealthing everyone with COVID. So. <laughs> anyway, that's why Ricky sounds a little under the weather. Don't worry, we'll pump him up. So you were talking about Anthony Perkins. AJ, what did you make of Anthony Perkins? The sweating. Sweating. You like that or, or not? Yeah, there was a lot of sweating throughout <laughs> all of them. Well, yes. yeah. apparently, but apparently he was on drugs at the time. Okay. The actor. So... Mm. Um, and Method Turner, you know, I don't know if this is in your trivia. I don't want to jump ahead, but Kathleen Turner has has complained, or, or rather, just re- she said that um, Ken Russell's drinking, the director, and Anthony Perkins's sort of drug habit uh, did they that did they both of those things they got in the way a bit, you know. Uh, mm. bit well, Turner's better. one to talk. She's she's had her own battles with the drink. Yes, uh, it, it is a, uh, a a occupational hazard. But I just want to stick with Anthony Perkins for a second. I'm going to go further, Ricky. I think that this, I think that Anthony Perkins is a revelation in this movie. I think this is his greatest role. Um, I think it's outrageous, operatic, heightened yet human. I already mentioned Kubrick before. This is a Kubrickian level of intensity. So to whip someone up like this uh, to that level of abandon is is difficult and for to get them to stay there because think about it every time you see him as AJ, AJ mentions he's sweating and he is, his intensity level is is 100% mm. that's just one take that we're seeing and I tell you what they do a lot more than one take so yeah so that that means he's delivering like you know every every scene oh, definitely um I think every actor in the Avengers should watch this movie <laughs> and, re- and remember what a real actor looks like because two things. Uh, there's a scene where he's, he's, he's doing amyl nitrate, uh, you know, watching a stripper and they say on the commentary that, that that's real amyl nitrate. So there you go. He is having a good time uh, but working as well, which is good. But really, if you had to ask me why this is good, you know, it's that old line from the, from the cowardly line. What have they got that I ain't got? Courage, all right? That's what separates this this performance from everything you've seen out of Hollywood. And I don't care how woke or socially progressive the story is, they are all swimming between the flags. You know, if you do a uh, a movie about, um, you know, a, a, a sort of an oppressed uh, minority, uh, you know, at the end of the day, as I'm sure the film would probably could be great, let's, every film on its merits, but at the end of the day, that's an orthodox, uh, very safe, um, sort of, uh, patro- you know, sort of story. Whereas this is completely dangerous. One and there's so much risk. Like, 
your entire career is on the he the entire legacy is 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 on the line here because this this is mommy dearest level intensity. Mm. Yeah, but but did he really give a fuck though? Like, um, I've I've read and and I encourage everybody to to go to his Wikipedia entry, which is really extensive and quite fascinating. And he was uh, sort of pumped up by Paramount to be a matinee idol, and I think he was like one of the last. Matinee, matinee idols that they really tried to push and, and he was always resisting it going oh, I want to be a serious actor I want to be a serious actor I want to do serious roles you know I don't want to be some you know heartthrob yeah he didn't want to he didn't want to be that and um, also the fact that he was gay might have had something to do with it but he wanted he wanted to do serious stuff and wasn't he sort of typecast at that point anyway as the the kind of psycho guy yes well these are all really fine points and you know i can't i can't really refute them because at the end of the day he you know psycho a lot you know is one of those roles like luke skywalker and a range of others that that just totally took over his life like i mean mm. i think it was probably i mean i've enjoyed him in everything he's, he's in Castorini too he's in some other great movies but you know really is psycho when if you're in something that that is that's in the zeitgeist like that i mean you know it's sort of game over and yeah it's hard to escape they but that but that's why this is even better because um he's incorporated elements of psycho into this into this performance mm. and and is so willing to to you know, I mean, let's just say it. I mean, spoiler alert. I, you know, but but in the climactic scene, uh, there's a direct reference to Psycho, uh, which yeah. in this sort of, um, which is wonderful. I think I think totally just glorious. Uh, so he did probably did battle with that, and you do see that, and he does seem like a totally tortured guy. Definitely. But then again, but if you're a tortured artist, then make good art. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I mean. He's so. I mean, I, I want. I, I look. I'm a humanist, and I prefer that people be happy and and you know not make art if that's if that's better for their life. But you know, it seemed like he'd be pretty restless. Well, well, if you you know, seeing as Ron Perkins, if you want to talk about tortured, like he went through willingly went through years of conversion therapy. Oh, oh God. wow! And he he ended up marrying uh, a lady by the name of Barry Berenson, Sweet who. Man. Um, she's pretty hot too if you check her out. But she actually died on the plane, the Twin Towers. She did not. Oh, she did. One hundred percent. You look her up. Did you edit the wiki page? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> but but anyway, but they had two kids together, and th they were together until she un until he died. And and get this, like during the filming of Psycho Four. Perkins was undergoing treatment for facial palsy and according to his wife, the nurse who was treating him secretly took his blood samples and tested him for HIV. The results came back positive. She shared them not with Perkins but with the tabloid magazine, oh. the National Enquirer, which uh, which aired an issue in March 1990 stating that Perkins had AIDS. Perkins himself learned he had the disease while standing in the grocery checkout line. What? <laughs> That <laughs> is a showstopper. I know. What a what a kick to the nuts. Yeah. Wow. And his his conversion therapy, which I think lasted for for years, involved uh, electroshock shock therapy, which actually brought back his stuttering condition, which he had when he was a kid. So, and I think it also fogged his his mind a lot. And later on, you know, with acting roles, he, he found it hard to retain lines and and had memory problems. But tragic. Like Bruce now. 
Oh, like Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 nuts. But I love Anthony Perkins. And and look, this I just think this is a spectacular. I mean, look, it's a, it's a it's a real divisive uh, movie anyway. And and as is Ken Russell, the director, and 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 the performance. And look, I think you're either going to love it or you hate it. I mean, how, yeah. how did it do at at the box office? Okay, well, it what it's uh, stay with me. So budget three million, box office two point nine million. Okay. On video, four million. Well, it's not surprising that that it was more. Um, popular on video mm. yes and it was it was very successful on video and um because i mean for a range of reasons i mean you know i mean you, back then to to go you, you know it was very public i mean to go to the, the cinema and say you know i want to go to see crime and passion you got to tell yeah. the ticket guy <laughs> you know you're walking in like it's not it's it's very public other people you know? have and, asked and, if you've got plans and you've said that you're going to see it just going to the movies. Oh, yeah. What are you saying? Re- Return of the Jedi? You said, nah. Seen it, seen it, mate. What else? Is, what do you, I don't understand what else you could be saying. Oh, just another movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a crime drama. It's called uh, Crimes of Passion. Oh, yeah. So, it's, a, it's one of those uh, sort of lawyer sort of type yeah. deals, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a porno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're very proud of you, Miss Liberty. <laughs> what do you plan to do with your scholarship money? Well, I plan to study music, sir. M- music, do you say? What kind of instrument do you play? I play the flute, sir, in honor of our forefathers who died. At Concord in Lexington. Would you like to see how Miss Liberty plays the flute? Oh, yes. Yes, very much. First, I unzip the case. And then I take out the instrument very carefully. I'm very gentle. And then I run my little hand all over it. Up and down. And up and down. And then I I fondle it so softly. So softly. So, but no, now I feel, don't you feel like I read out the synopsis? Did you feel while I was reading out again that it's one of those ones that you feel like you've had a machine gun shot at your face? Yes. Like in terms of, in terms of what happened, like the plot? Yes. There's a lot going on in this movie. <laughs> and then he left the room. <laughs> but isn't it interesting for for something that has such a simple plot to to feel that way? Mm. You know, because essentially it's it's a guy who uh, is having mar- marital problems. You know, gets involved with a hooker, breaks up with his wife, and gets together with a hooker, and that's pretty much it. But to to a certain degree, I mean, look, there are ex- always exceptions to the rule, but to a certain degree, maximalist cinema and that's what this is this is maximalist cinema and that's what ken russell is a real stylist and i mean that often finds its voice in in very simple stories i mean why people like moan rouge but that's a very simple story you know uh it's treated in a very mm, sort of visually complex way and i think that you know what what this this template uh of of a story of all we say archetypal let's just say archetypal because that's more generous to the writer and this was a labor of love by Barry Sandler, the writer. Um, uh, I think 
what he's done is he's given Ken Russell this launch pad to just go uh, to give us, you know, what what we want, which is, you know, the music, the the, the costumes, the, the colors, the, yeah. the lighting, and you know, apparently he was very faithful to the script and they worked very closely, and and he was and he protectful of the script as well. Uh, he said, "I'm not going to change this or that," but um, no doubt. Uh, um, you know, I think Barry was very d- over the moon to have to have uh, to Ken Russell at the helm, and it just is, becomes this this in de- type of movie that you know I say this almost every week when we counter these sorts of movies. We need more of this. We need people to watch these movies and to remember what the, this used to be like. Because look, we all like Netflix, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, the the causes and conditions going you know on at Netflix will never in a million years create a movie like this. No, ever. Mm. It's impossible. Now, you know, that might be good news for some people. It's not good news for me because I don't even know what this movie's about. Like I've heard the <laughs> the I've I've <laughs> I wrote I wrote the synopsis. <laughs> I've heard them talk about. It. I've heard the um the writer talk about it, the themes and everything, and I'm like, oh oh yeah. I still don't know what it's about. I don't care. No. I don't. I honestly don't care. <laughs> yeah. It fe- it feels. Right. Whereas, whereas everything, uh, you know, that we're given now is so cultivated, you know, there's no, there's nothing like, I think there's stuff in this that doesn't really make sense. Like, you know, that whole music video that goes on. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it's basically (laughs) Bobby and his wife fall asleep on the couch or whatever. And they're watching this music video uh, um, for a song called It's a, It's a Lovely Life. I think, which mm. plays a few times, um, and and so in this video, it's pretty much you know it, it's basically a, a a nightmare vision of marriage. So it's a, a man and a, and a wife, and you know them running around a big manor and stuff like that. And it's meant to be very brash. It, it seems like their wedding day, though. It's sort of like oh, yes, it is yes. a life, a whole li- a whole marriage contained in one day at the wedding. You know, and just as a bit of I don't know, this might not have come up in your trivia, uh, uh, Ricky. So I'll just say it here. That um, the the woman, the two women, uh, the young lady and the woman in the the music video are both uh, Ken Russell's daughters. Oh right. And the guy in the music video is the composer. Yeah, Rick Wakeman. I knew that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, but so I just thought that was a nice little, little you know, bit of family affair. This is another bit, we're dipping into trivia here, but at the film's rap party, uh, Russell actually married his long-time companion, a, a woman named Vivian Jolly, and they got married on, on board the Queen Mary, which is uh, some boat they were having the rap party on, and the ceremony was officiated by Anthony Perkins, <laughs> who was ordained a minister with the Universal Life Church, and apparently all you needed to do was to pay 25 bucks to this church and they would make you a minister. And then he was able to marry them. But the the interesting question is, is like, why did Russell get married like directly after this movie? Like, yeah. 
because because it seems like his view of of marriage and like you said it's hard to know what the fuck this movie's about but i don't know whether it paints traditional marriage in a very good light you know well yeah let's let's listen to uh the writer talk about the themes you know it's it's just for for about a minute and a half here it was the uh, early 80s, it was just pre-AIDS actually, and I noticed, uh, I didn't notice, but I was certainly aware of relationships around me, both straight and gay, of, um, uh, that were a direct result of uh, the sexual revolution. I think there was uh, uh, a lot of um, uh, sexual liberation certainly, uh, and it had its uh, positive aspects and negative aspects. And I noticed, you know, relationships were um, uh, jeopardized as a result of this, you know, uh, easy access to sex wherever you looked, whether, you know, men, women, whatever. And um, I just sensed there was a story in there, that there was something dealing with people struggling to maintain a relationship, people um, having difficulty being honest with each other, people wearing masks and donning facades and, and going to bars and pretending they were somebody they weren't, and just, you know, the whole sexual conquest uh, dynamic that was fascinating for the subject. Uh, and I thought men and women could relate to it. And no matter what your sexual orientation, I mean, there's still dynamics of interpersonal relationships that are common to everyone's and uh, I, you know those are themes that i really felt were compelling that i really wanted to uh, develop a story out of and, and crimes of passion came out of that so uh sandler was actually it's the writer he actually came out uh, a year or two before and did you know what looked like a very fascinating movie a real and fought really hard uh to get it made it was a, it's an like a, a movie about a couple of openly gay guys uh and um so you know, bit of a trailblazer himself, and and but but in terms of this particular that movie, by the way, uh, 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 the one he's talking, uh, you know, I just mentioned there seems a lot more straightforward, and his other work seems a lot more straightforward than 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 this. I mean, you've heard him talk about the th- the themes and what's going on. Did that uh, did that sort of all wash with you? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's one of those things, it's, isn't it interesting, sometimes you, you hear people talk about their films and what it's supposed to mean, and it doesn't quite align with the movie you've just seen. I mean, maybe it's what they wanted to do, but didn't quite pull off, you know. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. I think that if Annie played it differently, it could have... This is his wife. Uh, this is uh, Bobby's wife. The chick from Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, um, what do you want? Yeah. I think that if her character played uh, was played differently, then she kind of grounds it, the relationship. And I totally got what he was saying. Yeah. Well, I feel, I mean, it's all in there. Like everything he said, yeah. that, that all of those themes are in the movie. I, I don't, I don't, I don't refute that. Um, I, you know, I think that, I mean, I had this feeling like well, I was, I was rewatching it and it's because of the, of the, that maximalist approach this is a movie that actually, you know, if you watch it once in a while or just once in your life, I don't. I think it's just going to be uh, a, a sensory overload. Like it was only when I rewatched it that the story started to open up to me 
a, a bit more and I started to go oh okay and see some of the relationships a bit clearer and listen to what people were saying because mm. I mean I wasn't overwhelmed by I mean you can't have your cake and eat it too you can't you can't have all that sound and fury and, and expect the audience to you know be paying uh, you know super close attention to everything because it, it's there's a lot of distractions definitely you know there's a lot of distractions like um, Anthony Perkins's poetry for instance here we go <laughs> lesson for today I've written you a poem would you like to hear it Behold this wicked woman. She falls, she mends, she crawls, she bends. She sucks it, fucks it, picks it up and licks it. You can whip her, beat her, maul her, mistreat her. Anything you want as long as you don't touch her. Get out of here. Take your goddamn truth and get out of here. Show her affection and she turns to stone. You haven't had your $50 worth yet. <laughs> there you go. What, what, what was $50 worth? back then like what's it equivalent to now well i i think it was it was decent back then like i mean i don't know i mean it's it, it, what do you reckon is what what actually should we let the google decide what is 50 bucks <laughs> well how many it's a lap dance right 50 know, bucks Ricky. today it is yeah and i think it's a bj on the street According to some random website, so you know, don't. This is not exactly peer reviewed, but like you know, you can all check it out yourself. Uh, Fifty dollars in nineteen eighty is worth one hundred and seventy four dollars today. So you might get half an hour. That's actually that's that's you know competitive. But I feel like some of the stuff she'll do for you is way too much. Is is a bargain? Yeah. No, but that's that. But this is you've hit upon it though. So. She's not doing it for the money, right? She's not doing no, it for the money, right. and that, which, is, which is the most offensive thing. Mm. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, when you know that gr- she's got a job, it is, definitely is. Yes. Mm. So, like, she, in fact, someone gives her money at one point and she puts her gum in it and just discards mm. it. Goes like away, it's yeah. nothing to her, you know? Yep. So, she's get, so, what is she getting out of it? I knew that mm. was going to trip you both up. You don't <laughs> F- female empowerment. Well, well, yeah, that's a good. Okay, you're not cancelled for today, but but I'm just saying, like, what, what, what? Okay, rather than what does she get out of it? What does she? What does she actually do in in these sessions? It's it's therapy for the for for the male species. Yeah, it is. But if you if you if you notice, they're all different. So she. Mm. She uh, assumes a different persona mm. in each with each person, you know. So at one from one point she's a an air hostess, and another time she's a uh, what like a rape like victim, a, rape mm. victim, and what's the what, what Miss Liberty? Like a, Miss Liberty, mm. that's right. She's like a <laughs> beauty contest winner or something. Or yeah. So these are all, uh, I guess. Oh, what do we say? Archetypes, character types, uh, or, or, or you know, real or imagined, in in female, and they're all females, obviously. And so, uh, she she, but she mainly keeps the same outfit. She has a little bit of chopping and changing with the outfit, but it's it's mainly, and they mention this on the commentary, a different accent mm. every time. So she does actually do that. She puts on a different accent, which each one of these these, these Johns. So she's working out identity, you know, uh, and. Um, you know, but again, it's like looking through, um, you know, like a kaleidoscope. It's 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 just you sort of goes in on itself, and you're just like, oh wow. And I guess that's the that's the point. So she's like identity fluid or something. Yeah, I, 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 I guess. A uh, bit of an escape. So, 
Yeah. Well, it's um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, that the, this is the type of story you can't make now because, you know, after the first meeting, they'd say, you know, um, this doesn't pass the Bechdel test, or they'd say, like, you know, we need everyone deserves to hear their story on screen, and I'd say, yeah, there's plenty of pig men in this movie. What are you talking about? And they'd say. No, no, we don't mean we don't we don't mean pig men. They don't des- they don't deserve to hear their story. We're talking about you know everyone else. And then you go, oh okay. They they don't really. F- and you go with those other people you're talking about who are all deserve yeah absolutely to be explored in some way. D- would they necessarily be in Skid Row with prostitutes? <laughs> and they're like, well, they could be, they could be. And you say, yes, they certainly could. Mm. So and then that would be the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> One oh, one thing so, I didn't so you go. Well, I was just going to say, I didn't appreciate. I was meant to say in, this. Is, okay, there's two two things. So hold that thought, Ricky. I should have said this at the beginning. All right, another non-committal stripping scene. You know I can't stand this stuff. Right, so there's a scene with with a chick doing stripping, and I know it's meant to be on purpose, but she's not. She's her heart's not in it. And is is this the peep show? Yes, mm. peep show. And second point. AJ, help me out here. Men look super gross during <laughs> sex, yeah. especially their O faces. Yes. <laughs> is, this a, do you, is that what you have to look at? Do you have to look at this disgusting face going... <laughs> <laughs> His tongue's out. <laughs> like, I can't stand <laughs> these looks on their faces. It's just like... <laughs> and, and you just... It's like we are actual goblins. Yeah. Like, I know that they're sleaze bags in this movie, but, you know, yeah. some of the faces looked a little too close to home, you know? <laughs> when he's taking the poppers at the start, he looks fucking unhinged. <laughs> yes. We've all well, that, that old school that peep show with the... With the kind of the, the, the wall with the... Windows. With mm. the slits, yeah. Like, that was fucking grim. Have yeah. you ever have you ever been to a peep show, John? Yes. Uh, when I was like, um, I don't know, we popped in. I must have been like nineteen or something like mm. that, and like we just went up and we didn't stay for very long. And and yeah, it was surprise. It was in like a, a club X or something like that, yeah. like in in Perth, and surprisingly, yeah, surprisingly grim and yeah. Um, filthy. Yeah, yeah, not filthy, not oh, yeah. sexy. Mm. And and yeah, like aggressive. The chick was doing that aggressive oh, sort of the gyrating. Um, mm. Yeah, all of it. Like you know, and I was just a bit like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> but I think technology in peep shows has progressed since this film because the one I went to had like a two-way mirror. Like they couldn't see you, you know. Yeah. So you don't get to see their disgusting O faces when they spooge all over the yeah I don't know, the wall. And you wouldn't know okay. how many people well, are there, so it'd be weird. Well, right, I think yeah. it works for everyone, though, doesn't it? Like, mm. I mean, we, what? There's no need. There's no need for us to see each other. Like, it's a, it's not a. Um, like, why? I mean, why? I mean, you know. But would I don't you know, feel weird worse. dancing then? If you don't I know. don't know. I don't know if I would be that good of a dancer. <laughs> at a, at a well, show. you could <laughs> have a ziggy sometime. Like, <laughs> need to go and have a bath. Oh. <laughs> no, they they know when the, it's break time. Oh, right. Okay. So there must be a light or something. Oh, that's right. There must be a light, yeah. Otherwise, imagine if they just had to be on the whole time. Jeez. I'm getting tired. No, the the other thing about them is they're a huge rip-off. Like, 
because the the uh, the screen goes black. You got to keep putting two dollars in, you know. Oh yeah. Hmm. So you've got to go in half cocked. If you're if you're a bit light on, you've got to like get in there when you're about to blow your load. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's all. That's all good advice. I think that people. I mean, that's what I want this show to be: educational. That's good. Well, where you guys? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, what about um, the HP? Oh my God, the HP. Um, I uh, I think I'm more. I, I appreciated more the gag with the sausage and the mustard than the HP. Okay, explain. <laughs> I don't know. I just as soon as you did it, I'm like, that's exactly what what guys love to do. Well, and... someone might not have seen the movie, so explain the scene. So it's it, it, a barbecue with friends. He's there with his wife and and a bunch of other couples, and you know he's manning the barbecue and he gets the sausage out and he puts it kind of I, I think he unzips his crop he must have yeah, it and he puts and mustard on it a classic move i think i think the first day they created sausages someone did that <laughs> yeah definitely I, I think so they, they 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 cooked the first one and it would have been i don't know like in 1600 or something and then uh then the first thing someone did was hey hey shakespeare look over here and then they looked over <laughs> and then he's holding and he looks down and he sees a little that little frankfurter and then um Tries desperately to get it in his mouth, you know, <laughs> which is what happens <laughs> yeah. in this movie. He puts it in the guy's mouth, and the guy goes, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Loves yeah. it. <laughs> so, so uh, in the same scene, uh, Bobby, our hero, does a juvenile magic trick for his wife and their friends called the HP. Now, the HP stands for the human penis. Human penis. The human penis. So he's come out. Uh, stripped down, uh, wearing only boxes, and he's got two basketballs in stockings tied to his ankles. To I think I think they're the testes. Yeah, I, I testes. did appreciate that. <laughs> and he then he starts small. Far. Yeah. And his friend does the 2001 music, and he slowly <laughs> rises to erect, <laughs> and then spurts milk from his mouth. <laughs> and his wife and and the idea is that his his wife is horrified. He's done it to punish her. You know, embarrass mm. her. She hates. She him. deserved it. She deserved it. Yep. Did I'm going to do it to Katie tonight. <laughs> In front of people. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Kmart and buy two two ba- basketballs and <laughs> stockings and just get it done. You know? <laughs> it is a lot of effort. <laughs> it is, but... He knew he had guaranteed laughs. I think it's time for the old HP. A little nostalgia for the gang. <laughs> you rat porker. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? We have a treat in store. That dumb magic act. No, it's no magic act. For today, live on our stage, direct from the wild, untamed jungles of Borneo. Ah, oh, damn, it's the old age. <laughs> skill and daring. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves. You're about to experience the human penis. <laughs> Bobby, don't. I mean it. And this one cutaway of one of the friends who is ecstatic. Oh, and it's yeah, he loves it so much. 
he's going, yes, yes. Like, he just cannot believe. Like, he's losing his mind, you know. <laughs> All worth it. This we got to remember, this is pre-internet times, okay? <laughs> yes, we've talked about this. But I think that, the, the, that, movie, that scene actually hits on one of the themes of the movie, and that is it's sort of skewering this... Because we've got this contrast between skid, the skid row prostitution thing and, and the, the sex angle, but also this sort of middle-class drudgery, mm. you know, of being with just having the barbecue with your high school friends and you're all sort of trapped in this... Again, it's the 80s, so I, you know, this group of people I don't know. Are they are they 28? Are they 50? I don't. I actually I actually don't know. Mm. So you know, like they could be. They all look old, and um, uh, it's just you're sort of trapped in this this yeah this gross, aging jock mentality, mm. you know. Um, so I think that that was definitely uh, on the money. I think. Yeah, mm. definitely. Well, just seeing their their home life as well it was pretty grim. Like very very traditional gender roles like the wife's doing everything at home doesn't have a job and he doesn't do anything around the house because you know he but she's also busting his balls about getting a hot tub getting a vcr well that's right she wants all the trimmings yeah Yeah. but she's not prepared to go out and work for it his shitty electronic store like Mm. at a strip mall and if you've ever driven past those strip malls in America, and you're just like, oh my god! Like, actually, it's better call Saul. Those strip yeah. malls. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I wondered what Kevin Samuels would say about her behavior. Well, Ooh. he'd like a lot of it, <laughs> but he wouldn't like some of it. You know? Don't you think? Well, well, he, what do you he, think? Well, I think I don't know. It, it, she, she obviously wants a, a higher value man. Yes. But but I guess he he would see her as. A catch because she's a good homemaker. Mm. But then again, Kevin, you know, would say, uh, you know, we've spoken about the Book of Samuel's. <laughs> you know, so check out if you don't know what we're talking about. Check out Kevin Samuel's on YouTube, Instagram, whatever. Uh, he's sort of a uh, lifestyle coach and um, image consultant. He would he would actually say he doesn't comment on people who are married. So when people call up and they're married, he generally just uh, unless they really press him and they want to know about this or that he would just say look you know you, you, you i'm not here to tell you know people who are in the struggle in the game like how to live their lives like he you know he, he's more got it in for people who are unmarried who place having who 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 at the drop of a hat will have a child but then act like getting married's a, the ma- a big massive deal mm. and 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 he'll be like well you just brought a kid into this world you know you created human life and you're worried about you know and considering the stats out there about uh, about um, outcomes for for um, children, you know, two parent. Uh, the biggest predictor of success is is uh, two parent ha- households. So, yeah. like you know, so that's the stuff that gets his goat. But but in this case, yeah, she she wants that high value man, I guess. And I don't know, like, what's her problem anyway? Like, is it that? Because so she's not into sex. And we do, we talked to Bettina Aunt about this actually. She's written. Yeah. Um, uh, if you go back into our catalogue uh, of of the New Flesh, you can see you can listen to our uh, interview with Bettina Arndt, and she's actually written a book. She's a, a, a sort of a comments a lot about about you know sex and marriage and relationships and stuff like that. And she says that uh, in this, ca- I think this is a perfect Bettina Arndt case. She would say that that woman has um, is, is sort of needs to uh, um, get back on the horse. You got to fake you know it I mean? till you like, make it. Absolutely, you need to fake it till you make it, and and that that the needs of of uh, in a relationship of sex, it's more meaning. You, you know, you've got to be understanding that it's that it's more meaningful to 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 perhaps men than it is 
for women and that you, you you know you don't have to just hang up the boots when you're in this movie she looks about yeah about 27 so that's a bit early i think mm. yeah maybe <laughs> Ricky doesn't right. agree. <laughs> no, I'm just trying not to cough. Oh. <laughs> well, let me well let me play you some more Anthony Perkins uh, for d- just to just to, you know to remind you of, of how much I love uh, his performance. You want truth, Father? I give the best truth in town. So good you wouldn't know if you make believe. Is it? If you believe it is, everybody needs something to believe in, don't they, Reverend? Bow down thine ear, O Lord, and hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Save him from this big mouth coos with a motor-driven ass who... Forgive me, Lord. I speak not in vain, but this little bitch provokes me so. Oh, Jesus. At least I can stay in character. You know, I mean, you couldn't even get a walk-on in something unless, of course, it was you that was being walked on. I am the messenger of God, you little cocksucker. Great stuff. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Motor-driven ass. <laughs> you kind of forget how explosive it is. <laughs> That's why I needed to get these for yeah. you because it's, come on, it, he says some of the best stuff I've ever heard. Like, it's, I think it might be yeah. one of my favourite performances. Like, just, just incredible. Like, this big mouth coos for the motor-driven ass. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the sort of line that you know you could wait a lifetime to get written down and asked to read. You know, <laughs> uh, wh- one thing I don't appreciate about this film are the the therapy sessions. Okay, so you oh, don't like the, the book. The book ended. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I I I just why would you bring your friend to a therapy session? Is this a chick thing? Would would AJ? Would you bring a a friend of yours, a female friend of yours, as moral support? Or something like that. I don't think so. But support, but support people are are. That's probably the most modern thing in the movie. Mm, definitely. Fucking hell! Like you could bring a support person to to anything now. Literally. Yeah, anything. but it doesn't you mean I have to like anyway. it just because it's a modern thing. <laughs> well, that's true. I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> argue with that. <laughs> well, I don't like it either. But I'm just saying, like, it, it seemed, you know fairly legit um but but uh yeah i like the way they were shot um but yeah you think they could have worked a bit harder to get to hook him into the story or i guess so i i just i just don't think that that's how guys uh, I, I don't know i don't i don't think a guy would come to something what do you think about him oh yes so this the actor mm. what's him john john laughlin john laughlin as bobby grady okay well um <laughs> oh what well did you have some trivia about that uh ricky about the therapy no, about the the about lead. John. No, I don't actually. Okay, do you well, have, I, do you have a little something? Ca- no, I just came across this on on my travels that that um, other people considered for the role were <laughs> uh, Jeff Bridges. Oh, um, he he said he, he almost he, made it. He almost made it. Yeah, he was like um, uh, four million. Was it? Or was it? He was just too expensive, and they couldn't. Yeah, right. it. but he wanted mm. to do it. He dropped. He dropped his price from four million to one million, and they still couldn't couldn't get oh, it done because wow. it would have been a third of the yeah. film or whatever. Uh, and the other person who it was going to be, Patrick Swayze. Mm. It would have been a different yeah. So Also Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Okay. Well, all three of those, they're all stars. Uh, they're all great. And um, I, I, I think, you know, obviously a lot a lot would have changed, but you know, I, I just think that, you know, because I mean, he, this guy, John Laughlin, he's out of his league. Like like Kathleen Turner, she's a, she's a bona fide uh, superstar. Definitely. Mm. Anthony Perkins is, 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 is incredible. 
and he is he this guy's punching well above his weight like he is and in some scenes like particularly at the end i think his final scene is actually very good and it's a couple of scenes where he he really lifts but overall he's not up to it doesn't have it no and that yeah he's just playing in a team three would too strong well, at that time, who knows? Like, I mean, that they some of the it depends. Whoever was Jeff Bridges too strong, Alec probably would have fit in quite nicely, and he's a bit dirty as well. And the only time I've seen him, and in that uh, age range, would be a uh, Woody Allen movie called Alice. You know, I think he was, but he still would have been pretty young. I, I think Swayze is too wholesome. Yeah. Yes. Yep, I agree with that. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't want any, like, you know, I know I'm messing the timelines in my head, but, you know, I love Johnny and I wouldn't <laughs> want to have any, anything ruin Johnny for me in Dirty Dancing. So. <laughs> but, um, all right, well, let's let's do Keeper or Creeper while we're here. Uh, just a couple for us. We were talking about John Laughlin, so we might as well, we might as well just launch into that. All right, Bobby Grady, John Laughlin, he's a business owner, electronics. So That's true. That's good. You've seen his work. He's he's actually got people who work for him as well, so he's a, he's a, you know it's a growing business. Um, good work ethic, I'd say, pretty good. Like not afraid of work. Two jobs, in fact. So uh, the electronic store and a bit of surveillance on the side. Um, he's got got athletic sort of look. Yeah, he does. Which you see, yeah, which which you see because he's an amateur magician. I don't know if I told you that. <laughs> 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 but he's got a little trick that he likes to do at parties. But, you know, um, I'll let him show you. <laughs> I won't show you. A relatively strong libido, uh, you know. So, I don't know. I don't know how that, if that works for you or not. <laughs> I mean, Ricky, did you did you pick out anything else with him? or? Oh, the former football football star? Yeah. Jock. So Quarterback? A jock. Well, we know yeah. that that doesn't fit in with my taste, really. <laughs> <laughs> Since right. I go we'll with all the fat slobs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Keeper or creeper? Nah, he's he's a creeper. Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, uh, Anthony Perkins is the Reverend Peter Shane. So tall, lanky, and I know that's... Look, just stay with me. I know you like a man with a bit of meat, but th- this is a lankier sort of fellow. But healthy looking. Mm. A man of faith. That's true. So I'm not sure what you think of religion, but he's, he's into it. He is. All right. And um, uh, he's got away with words. I mean, you've heard his poetry. So <laughs> That's true. If you like that. Now, the good news is he's about your pleasure, really, you know, and, uh, and um, he's got a range of items that he carries around um, for lovemaking. I'll just play him talk, talking us through them. Need I remind you, Jezebel, that curiosity killed the cat? Not until it got out of the bag. These are the devil's playthings, and those who touch them will burn. Well, put another log on the fire, Reverend. Let's see a sample. It's a disgusting array. <laughs> Disgusting's my middle name, honey. What do you got in the bag? God forgive me. A tit pacifier. The milk of human kindness, remedial, even in simulation. A foam rubber pretty kitty. Already housebroken, and you can teach it a wide variety of new tricks. It comes with a battery pack. It's in here somewhere. An auto suck. Modern technology at its most compassionate. And it swallows. This one is a little on the blink. Oh, are you hungry? How about a, a beat me, eat me licorice whip? The taste that leaves its mark forever. Hmm. Hey, no, wait a minute. I'm not through here. What else you got in the bag? What? 
the hell? Was this a cruise missile or Pershing? <laughs> what are you gonna do, fuck someone to death? You'd like to, wouldn't you? Only the right woman. Well, um... <laughs> <laughs> Only the right woman. As I said, AJ, he's, he's, he's all about your pleasure. So, um, yeah. so I don't know. You, can, you can, I think I fun guy with the poppers, I guess. <laughs> there you go. So he's, 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 um, liberal minded is what I'm saying. <laughs> By and large. Uh, all right. Well, keeper or creeper? Mm, I'd say creeper, but just by okay. a smidge. Right. <laughs> and I don't know whether it was Superman, the metal dildo that uh, he's fifty-one percent creep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Any trivia, Ricky? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, we've already uh, mentioned uh, sniffing the nitrate before each take, which is what Perkins was into. Uh, we also mentioned the other people that were possibly uh, going to step in for the role as Bobby Grady. Which is a shame. I think, I don't know, I think uh, Alec Baldwin would be good. Or even mm. Jeff Bridges, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, Kathleen Turner was initially hesitant about Ken Russell's suggestion that she smear yogurt over her lips to simulate semen. She complied with his request, but drew the line at gulping down an oyster to emulate swallowing ejaculate. <laughs> now, I don't remember there being any yogurt. I think maybe just on her chin a little bit. Mm. It's mainly lipstick. Okay. Got a timestamp for me then? <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I'll send it to you later. <laughs> I know where it is. Uh, uh, yeah, so the nickname of uh, Anthony Perkins's vibrator slash nightstick was Superman. Uh, the piano riff that Anthony Perkins plays before performing his deranged version of Get Happy was from the main theme from The Shining. So this piece was actually based on um, a traditional Catholic funeral dirge called the Day of Wrath, which is quite nice. Um, Perkins was actually quite uh, quite an accomplished piano player. He was actually friends with Stephen Sondheim, and they'd worked on some stuff together, which is interesting. Um, that's my trivia. your troubles come on get happy you better chase all your cares away sing hallelujah come on get happy your head for the judgment day the sun is shining come on get happy girl the lord is waiting to take your hand shout hallelujah come on get happy your head for the promised land you up for some reviews mm -hmm. yeah go on so Janet Maslin of the New York Times said, Ken Russell's films have never lacked exuberance or humour, which makes the flat joyless tone of Crimes of Passion a surprise. Much of this is due to a screenplay filled with smutty double entendres and weighty ironies. Only uh, intermittently does Mr. Russell break through with the kind of a manic flamboyance that is so singularly and rudely his own. I don't know what you think about that, but... Um you're not going to like Ebert. Ebert's <laughs> okay. given it uh, 1.5 stars out of four. And he starts his review like this. Uh, I like what George Burns said about his sex life. I got more laughs in bed than I ever got in vaudeville. Sex is an activity of great and serious importance to its participants. 
but as a spectator sport, it has a strange way of turning into comedy. Look, for example, at Ken Russell's overwrought film Crimes of Passion, in which good performances and an interesting idea are morphed into one of the silliest movies in a long time. Okay. He goes on to say, The purpose of Crimes of Passion was apparently to explore the, fur- uh, the further shores of sexual behaviour. Because of the double standard of the movie rating system, which prizes violence more highly than sex, which is true, uh, a great deal of the behaviour is missing from the movie. And what is left is a steamy, bloody thriller. I'm not sure that's what Russell had in mind. Uh, He finishes by saying, Anthony Perkins distorts most of the scenes he's in with overacting so blatant that the plausibility of the whole movie is undermined. Turner tries, uh, so does the the main lead, John Laughlin, as a square young husband who learns a lot from her about sex and love. But when Crimes of Passion is over, what's left? Not much. You know you're in trouble in a sex movie when you spend more time thinking about the parts they left out than the parts they put in. (laughs) I said good day, sir. (laughs) I I I think his review would be tainted because he would have seen the cut version. Yes. He, yeah, he, would he would have seen, seen the theatrical version. Yeah. Apparently, it was a it was butchered, and I'm not not sure if he would like the unrated one anyway. But uh, look, he's just coming from a different context as well. Like you know, I understand he was worried about the way things were turning back then, but it's way worse now. You know, I mean, like he, we could only dream of a movie like this being made now. Um, yeah, because he's just we're living in a very constricted time, mm. and he wasn't, mm. I suppose. So. I've I've got a I've got one last quote here. This is from Perkins himself, who late, said years later that um, there are great moments in that film that could only come from a genius. He was onto something about the nature of religion and evil that few people could ever find. Yet it was in the end a bit of a disappointment because it had no plot, no story. The images were great, but there was nothing to hang them on. Heavy. Come Can't on, the heavy. images just be great? Well, they can, and uh, and actually, there's a lot of artwork, uh, erotic artwork from from eras past in the film. So it actually yeah, we haven't we haven't being, mentioned that actually. Well, it ends up being a a bit of a tour of of erotic artwork from from Japan and you know and France and and, and all sorts. Like yeah, uh, it's quite uh, you know I, I I love that that um uh, uh, that we've we've got all that in there, and I think that um. You know, it's 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 film doing a different thing. So, you know, I think this is one case where uh, this actor needs to shut up. Mm. <laughs> All, right. All, right. All right. Well, before AJ's uh, battery runs out in the middle of nowhere, uh, I think we need to knock off this Me Too meter. All right, I'm going to launch into it tonight. A few things to consider before you give me your rating. Okay, here we go. Kathleen Turner turns into Stella in fearless performance as China Blue. It's lusty, profane, dangerous and dirty. She's laid bare for all to see. And... As we know, women are free to make their own choices, but it's when they make the wrong choices that something must be done. And this performance might be great, but it is in the service of the male gaze, and that's unacceptable. If indeed there is such a thing as gender and sexual preference, if you're an anti-Nazi, you know that there isn't such a thing as, uh, as that because we're all fluid creatures who want dicks and fannies alternatively, <laughs> uh, depending on the time of day. But run with me, if indeed there is such a thing. Uh, then Kathleen Turner shows us the way that women are subjugated for men. Uh, she might she might say that uh, you know that that was the point of the movie, but this is exactly what a controlled woman would say. Okay, that's you get that, all right? This is a fantasy business, Reverend. You can have any truth you want, and so can you. Isn't that why you're here? Isn't that why you are? 
I'm here to save you. Why don't you fuck me? That'll save me. Not from your disease. What disease? I'm healthy as a horse. I'm fit as a fiddle and ready for cock. Horse and metaphors don't mix. Who are you? I'm Cinderella, Cleopatra, Goldie Hawn, Eva Braun. I'm Little Miss Muffet, I'm Pocahontas, I'm whoever you want me to be, Reverend. But what are you doing here? Satisfying. Who? I think that the confessional is about over. Next up. Uh, China Blue engages in all sorts of transgressive uh, sexual activities with her clients in part to get them off but as her well-paid day job illustrates she doesn't need the money which leads us to believe that these are her dark fantasies also and the idea that a woman in any era in, in any country for that matter of the world would have fantasies that involve antisocial ideas or feature danger of any kind is retrograde and offensive women don't like assertive or aggressive men towering beasts oozing testosterone they're oiled up rippling bodies ready to just pin you down and show you who's boss sweat raining down upon you in animal ecstasy what what was i saying <laughs> i was in a fantasy <laughs> My mind is taken well, anyway, over. <laughs> I will, I will move. I think you get the picture. Anyway, so uh, women should be in charge in the boardroom and the bedroom, Ricky. Okay, and that's why we must praise the infamous nightstick scene in this film. China Blue takes a cop back to her boudoir, and while straddling him, she uses a nightstick to peg the patriarchy. This is how sex should be, ladies. If your man won't take a pegging and let he, and let you call him a pig, then you should leave him, okay? And when he questions why you want to nail him in the butt of a Tuesday evening, just say, things change, all right? We didn't have penicillin, <laughs> and now we do. You don't question that. The world is better now with penicillin, isn't it? Here, bite, da- bite, down, on, bite down on this rope while I get my unit on. <laughs> She goes well hard with that nightstick too. She does. She does. It's a long scene. Mm. Uh, And finally, we must also praise this movie for showing the fluidity we must all be trying and, you know, to bring to our lives and the lives of those who fight this agenda. China Blue and the Reverend switch switch clothes, uh, which is used to confuse and surprise us, uh, the audience, at the climactic moment. However, I am not confused uh, that in this moment... The Reverend is a beautiful, brave and strong woman who has reached his, I mean, I mean her potential. And as we said before, trans women are women, the best kind of women. If they weren't the best, then why do they slay so hard at athletics? Riddle me that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, they they win woman of the year, don't they? Well, I don't need to tell you who's who's doing a better job. And it's us, baby. (laughs) All right. So that is a lot to consider. What do we give this out of 10 on the Me Too meter? Uh, it's, is it high? It's no, pretty well, high. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. Um, or is it low? It's, it's confusing. Well, it's confusing because she seems, in, it, she's very empowered yeah. and in control over what she wants to do. But, you know, at the mm. same time, you know, Perkins, you know, spits in her face, calls her a whore, does all that sort of stuff. Mm. And <sighs> so, yeah. <laughs> but then she can make, make love to her man in satin sheets. Mm. He doesn't treat her like mm. a whore. So, uh, I I just think if if you showed this at the University of Sydney, I think there'd be a riot. 
So it's, it's got a rate or at least, yeah, it's got a rate at least somewhere in the middle. Mm, yeah, I think let's maybe go a five middle. or six. Well, look, I think both of you had the right answer. This this is just my opinion, but this movie uh, d- depends entirely on 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 uh, some of your your you know your internal compass, and I think that. You know, if you think that uh, women don't have choices, then this movie's probably a. Uh, oh well, it would be if women don't have choices, and you you don't really know what art is anymore because you you think art is um, just you know telling people uh, your agenda <laughs> on screen. Well, then you would say that this is a nine or eleven out of ten. But if you if you think this is a piece of art uh, where the whole point is exactly what we're watching, which is the degradation of women and the range of all and all those things are built in, well, then you would say this is a this is a two. Yeah. You know that it's that, mm. and and that the artwork in the the the, the from uh, eras past only cements it as being low. You know, despite you know. But then again, if you're the, if that from the Hannah Gadsby school, who has an art history background background herself, she would say, you know, too much white, too much male in in the galleries. So 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 it's a double. You know, mm. I think you just need to decide. Mm. So decide. Quotes. I got some quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you think you're going to get back in my panties, forget it. There's one asshole in there already. <laughs> I never forget a face, especially one that I've sat on. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're all they're all um, China blue lines. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Here's That's here's great. another one that that involves uh, the Reverend. Uh, Don't fight me, child. I'm the messenger of God, and I only want to heal you. Heal yourself, pimp shit. <laughs> So many good lines. I know. And I love that you've gone, you've all gone with China, China Blue. That's great. <laughs> oh, That's good. That's, this is real diversity. Amazing. See, I was all about the Reverend and you guys are loving China. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, yes. No, look, I thought it was a fantastic movie. And, you know, just to, just to put a bow on it, you know, basically, you know, I feel like what's happening today, a flattening of signs and symbols, classifications and culture. It's good for the workplace maybe, but I think it's terrible for art, you know, uh, which I don't think people talk about ever. Like no one ever talks about how how the art is so terrible nowadays. You know what I mean? So mm. basically if you make it with an ideological purpose in mind or you have an educational outcome, like wanting to get change, like to change attitudes for your utopia or raise awareness, congratulations, you've made propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly, yeah. that, that's exactly what Lenny, Lenny Riefenstahl did for the Third Reich. Okay, so mm. uh, you know, transgressive art is works best by contrasting extreme things, sacred and profane, promiscuous and virginal. You know, and um, as I said, I don't know what this movie means. I don't care, and I love it. Yeah, so I'm with you. And and you know, and and it's it's not about getting it. You know, it's it's like Lopan says in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He says, "You're not put upon this earth to get it." <laughs> you know? You're not going to do the voice this time? You're not put up on this earth to get it. <laughs> there you go. I wasn't going to not leave it out. All right. So let's continue on with Ken Russell. Next week, I'll give you the, you guys the options. So there, there's what we could watch The Music Lovers, which is a, uh, a story of Tchaikovsky, which is basically, as Ken Russell puts it, when a, a, a homosexual man marries an nymphomaniac. And uh, what ensues. Or we could do uh, Tommy, which I've never seen, Pinball uh, uh, Wizard or whatever. And there, or we could do um, Altered States with uh, William Hurt, which is a sci fi. Music lovers. Yeah. You want to do music lovers? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Lock it in. 
Come with us, everyone, on this Ken Russell ride. Let's change the world uh, one film at a time. We said what we said. Yeah, we did say what we said. And uh, AJ? Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, kind of like the well, movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. <Great. laughs> and until next time, long live the new flash. Long live the new flash.